Hey, everybody, it's Chad Gordon. It's Ken Blanchard. And Ken, this is one of our favorite things where we pick out our some of our favorite podcasts of the year. This is our, our talk with Keith Ferrazzi, his book, Competing in the New World of Work, How Radical Adaptability Separates the Best from the Rest. This was one of our favorite podcasts of 2022. Can you think about the drastic change that the workforce has undergone the last couple of years? What, what, what are some things that you think people need to do to stand out now? Well, I tell you, you still got to interact with your people. You still have to be with them. And so it's a combination of Zoom and per, and, and person to person. Yeah. And uh, I've become a great Zoom expert. I'm really excited. I don't have to travel anymore. They say, you want to speak? Sure, I'll Zoom there. I, I Zoomed to Poland the other day <laughs> sitting at home. Uh, so it's a, it is a kind of fun. So you, you have to be adaptable, though, and because and, uh, change is the way of life and, and it's not the same way and so I think it's a, a give and take but stay in communication with your people because today more than ever it's got to be we rather than me because if you try to figure out everything by yourself you're in big trouble but one plus one I think is greater than two don't you the Chad I love that Ken we're going to hear more of your thoughts at the end of the podcast but right here uh, stay tuned to hear from Keith Ferrazzi here on the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Keith Razi, welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. How are you doing, Keith? Chad, fantastic. And I, it's always an honor to be among the Blanchard family. We love having you on. You're a two-timer here on the Leader Chat Podcast. Today, we're talking about your latest book, Competing in the New World of Work, How Radical Adaptability Separates the Best from the Rest. Why this book? Why now? Obviously, with everything that's going on in the, in the world right now, we're recording this in the summer of 2022. Um, what energized you around kind of the radical adaptability thought? Well, a couple of things. Um, first of all, all of a sudden, March hits in 2020, and I no longer had to get on an airplane every day. <laughs> and as a result, I had a little bit of time on my hands. And so the question was, how was I going to use that? Um, and I felt that this was probably one of the greatest inflection points that we as business thinkers and business researchers had to, at, at, at our fingertips. Uh, I don't know, Chad, if you remember, but back in 2010, I've been doing research on world-class hybrid and remote work yeah. that was funded by folks like Cisco, Accenture, Siemens, et cetera, Verizon. And I've been doing this since 2010, but nobody gave a damn. Then at the peak of the pandemic, 
we had this amazing laboratory of the entire world in, in remote and hybrid work that I wanted to dive into. But what I discovered was it was much more than that. What I discovered was that the research, and, and we raised $4 million for this research over a period of time. We thought it would just be a couple of months, and we ended up right at the beginning. We raised you know about 750000 bucks. But the research just kept going and going and going as the as the pandemic you know continued. And what we found, what we found is that the attributes of leadership during the pandemic were 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 surprising how people thrived, how resilient they were, how they stepped up and and were able to be adaptable and do things that they could have never thought they would do before. And we all know those 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 stories. And what we found, was that those same attributes can be and must be sustained in our businesses. That principle of radical adaptability that we all found ourselves in during the pandemic is something that we need now. And I don't know when you're listening to this, but my suspicion is there's as much disruption where when you're listening to this, there's as much volatility when you're listening to this as there has been for the last few years. This is the new norm, and we need to learn how to lead in that new norm. So when you say radical adaptability, what does that mean for us, the listener who's out here trying to make our way, trying to plot our careers, trying to figure out how to how to navigate this way and, and find success, maybe on a different path than we would have a few years ago? It's four things, and these are well delineated in the book. Number one, um, foresight. How do we curate the time as leaders to constantly be looking around the corners? And it was interesting that uh, at the peak of the pandemic, um, right before, not at the peak of the pandemic, but right before the pandemic hit, you realize that only 15% of companies foresaw the close down happening and did anything about it. Yet over 80% of companies had the information at their fingertips. So the ability to look around corners and act on it is something that we need to ingrain in ourselves. And that I call foresight. Um, the second piece is agility. We've been talking about Agile for a very long time. It's now needs to be the operating model for all of us. As you know, Frazi Greenlight focuses predominantly on executive team coaching. Marshall Goldsmith may be the best individual coach in the world, um, but what we focus on very specifically is high-performing teams and team coaching. And we are now adapting and adopting and have been for some time an agile model for all teams. And so the ability to both have foresight and then match that with agility and running an agile model and how we work our executive teams are the first two layers of radical adaptability. The third is inclusion. And what I mean by that is the I was just on the phone this morning to the, to two distinct presidents, one after another of what some of the largest. One is the largest um, um, consumer packaged goods company in the world, and the other is one of the largest car companies in the world. And both of them are struggling with cracking the code of critical problems with the limited voice in the traditional executive team. So they've got some massive problems that they have to solve for in this environment. And the executive team's voice alone isn't getting them there. We need to team out. We need to begin to be much more inclusive 
in our collaboration. And what's powerful is that we can actually be more inclusive. We can have more psychological safety. We can have more bolder, broader inputs in a hybrid world than ever before. And as a result, we can crack the code of critical problems outside of a meeting-based philosophy of how we collaborate. Collaboration is no longer equivalent to a meeting. We need to shift meeting. We call it meeting shifting from synchronous meetings to asynchronous meetings where people have stronger voices, more psychological safety, and more time to think. So this broader inclusion is a really critical component of being able to get the foresight, the ability to crowdsource insights and crowdsource risks from your organization. And then the final one is resilience, Chad, resilience. And that is that we have, we have finally awakened to the importance of mental well-being in organizations, and, and it needs to be a team sport. The commitment of individuals at the peak of the pandemic for each other's well-being was, was, was amazing. People caring, people being vulnerable, people, people sharing, and we don't want to lose that as we grow out of the pandemic and into an equally tumultuous and volatile marketplace. But now we still have the same stressors. We still need to stay focused on mental health and mental well-being as we were before. So resilience. So again, it's foresight, agility, inclusion, and resilience. Four critical elements that need to be dialed up in leaders. I'll end with this one piece, which is I... um. I had the ability in the first couple of months of the pandemic to have a group of HR leaders asking the question, has leadership changed based on what we're experiencing? And everybody said, no, it's just the same stuff. But, you know, we may need to, to lean on a few elements of it that um, uh, that may be more prominent. Within six months, everybody said yes. And our research during the pandemic identified these four areas, foresight, agility, resilience, and inclusion as the earmarks of a high-performing leader in, a, in an increasingly volatile world. Let's dig into a few of those a little bit more. We, you know, we hear in the news about, you know, I, I call them threats because it feels like that, but organizations saying, yeah, we're bringing you, we're going to bring you back into the office. It's going to be happening. And you see on the other side of it, a lot of people making the choice, hey, I think I like this work from home thing, but then there's these other folks that really miss the the touch and the feel and being across the table from people. And so you've got a lot of different things at work um, there. When you talk about inclusion, bringing people together or, or finding ways to work in this new way, what are some tips? What are some ways that people can take better control of their lives if they are kind of stuck in a work environment that they don't necessarily enjoy um, yeah. uh, and, and maybe aren't as productive? Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to do is I want to call the question on the debate that's happening out there. We are spinning our wheels, having a conversation about policy, and we need to move the conversation to that of practice. We've got to stop asking, what's our hybrid work policy? And everyone's debating, is it two days? Is it three days? You know, is it full time? You've got uh, Elon Musk being bombastic and and saying, you know, some rather extraordinary things, which is, of course, prone to Elon Musk sharing extraordinary things. But we've got to stop. We've got to move away from talking about policy. And we've got to move to start talking about practice. 
And what I found, and, and this is the conversation I had with the woman who's running uh, the president of North America for the CPG company this morning. I said to her, look, you know, you've got to stop telling your teams that you want the world of work to be as good as it was prior to 2019. And we've got to decide that with these new hybrid tools, we want to make them better. By, by, by ratcheting it up and saying, okay, let's, I'll give you a for instance, business plan. Business planning has traditionally been a cascaded down process where, you know, the, the individuals at the lowest part of the organization have less of a voice, um, where the, the budgets are fundamentally set at the top. And, you know, and then people are given a number that they've got to organize to. But that's different than what Unilever did during the pandemic uh, at the end of 2000, 2020. Moving, moving into 2021, when they decided to crowdsource where are the growth opportunities from the top 300 leaders of the company. And then that became the starting point of business planning. So we've got to, dis- we've got to recognize that we have tools available to us today that will make our work better than it ever was before. Now, if I'm speaking to an individual listening to this You've got to explore those new ways. I I call it world-class hybrid. We've been doing a research study since 2010 of what is world-class hybrid. And what I can tell you is that the average company is on a scale of one to five on a maturity model of being world-class hybrid. So a five is a real innovator. It's a group like... um, uh, um, Drew Houston's organization is the CEO of Dropbox. Um, they're true innovators. They are, they're more inclusive than they ever were before. They were a, they were a physical first environment that now has gone remote first. And they are finding themselves to be more connected, more aligned, more bonded, and more inclusive than ever before by really leaning in to the practices of asynchronous collaboration instead of meeting-based collaboration. Um, awakening to the importance of a, of a new social contract among a team that that owns each other's mental health and mental well-being and and turns it very purposeful where where energy check-ins are done regularly so the team doesn't just happen to see each other walking down the hall and say are you okay but instead we hold space in meetings where we ask everybody where is your energy these days so we're able to we're able to take new practices, and make teams better in a hybrid world, more inclusive, more innovative, more psychologically safe, more connected, um, you know, more committed. We can do that, and that's called innovating, level five. Ignoring is level one on the hybrid model. And we have like eight different dimensions of that hybrid model, but what I can tell you is that the average team is at a two. It's, it's somewhere between a one and a two. Exploring is two and ignoring. So most of what I want you to think about is I want you to go on a journey, if you're listening to this, to become not just exploring, but implementing and advancing and innovating and climbing up that hybrid model. And the hybrid model basically says that where you will be five years from now organically, because world of work is organically changing, where you will be five years from now, you should make an objective to be there in the next 18 months. because. The average unicorn company is already there. And these are the disruptors in the or in the world of, of work to your business models. And they're going to be disruptors of your human capital models too. 
you talked about how leadership has changed and and you said something in this then in your last answer about about the check-ins you know about it's a very eq uh aspect of like checking in on where people are and, and how they feel um and where their energy is and so you know leaders have to be able to i think in that in that respect they have to be able to be okay with somebody not being in a good spot. So how do you weigh that as a leader, somebody that wants somebody, you know, wants a team to be moving fully forward and focused on work. But if you pose that person, very personal question, you can get, you know, kind of, you can get other things, you know, you can get negativity or you can get people that are more pessimistic. So how do you manage that as a leader, knowing that people are going to bring their emotions to work? And I'm not saying we're a more emotional workplace right now, but a lot of us are home based now, and so it's it's really hard to detach. You're 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 juggling a lot of things now in, in the new world. Well, it's a great it's a great question, and I know that a lot of leaders don't have the courage to open up what they think might be the floodgates of real dissent. Um, but the reality is that the absence of transparency, the absence of allowing people to voice their concerns is creating a cancer in your organization of fear, fatigue, and frustration. And sunlight is the greatest disinfectant. Um, Bringing things out in the open is only the first step. And this is the conversation I literally was having with the automotive company this morning. I said, we've got to hear dissent on our way to finding bolder resolution. But what happens in many organizations is the top of the house makes an edict and doesn't want to hear dissent. They just want you to go do it. And as a result, people do disproportionate things to get something done that perhaps a bolder solution was available that might have given a different answer, but a better solution. And But but that isn't found and it isn't explored because dissent isn't embraced. Now, dissent as well as frustration, people expressing fatigue, people expressing the fact that that they're overwhelmed and overworked um, and that they're at their edge. Listen, you're going to lose them. And if you don't lose them in in terms of exiting the company, you're going to lose them in terms of disengagement. You need to give people voice for their frustration, their fatigue, their exhaustion, so that maybe what the answer is, we do need to reprioritize what we're doing, how we're doing it, so that we can focus on the most important things. I had a wonderful meeting not long ago with the president of, of a large telecoms company who said to me, oh, the, the earmark of a great leader moving into a recessionary period is somebody who knows what work to focus on, right? And focusing on the work that matters. Um, and I think that if you don't hear the dissent, if you don't hear the fatigue, you will often not get to the belief that we really do have to only focus on the work that matters. And and that becomes a, a team discussion. Let's talk about the future. And this is the the the, the aspect. This is one of the things that you you touch on a, a, a few times within the book. And 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 this is such an interesting. I mean, I don't know if this is an interesting question, but the way I, I'm, I'm putting this, how do you focus on the future while keeping your head very squarely on hitting the goals of what you're trying to hit this quarter, this week, this month, this year? How do you stay ahead of the game? Um, which is going to be so important, I think, in the workforce going forward. It, it probably wouldn't surprise your listenership. I mean, I wrote a book a number of years ago called Never Eat Alone. <clears throat> and it's really all about how 
we engage people in our lives, not only to open up opportunity, but to open up growth and development. Um, I do that through relationships. So my Sherpa of understanding the future of technology is Peter Diamandis. He's one of my best friends. Um, I've gotten to know Peter and, um, and he opens my eyes to what's going on and what are the disruptive factors of technology um, and how fast the future is, is coming upon us. Very close title to his new book. Um, I, you know, got to know Ken because for me, if I'm going to be a thought leadership, a thought leader in the world of leadership in business and particularly in the area of teams, one of the great thinkers in, in the world that was Ken Blanchard, is Ken Blanchard. And with that, I wanted to get to know and build that personal relationship. So I have personally allocated relational time to, to foresight. Now, I do believe as well in my own organization that I can create nodes of listening in my organization so that a, on a periodic basis inside of the company, we ask, we, we crowdsource insights, we crowdsource risks, we ask the team, what's biting us in the butt that's holding us back from success? What, what area that if we focused more time would it enable a greater growth trajectory? These are the questions that should be the, the you know, great leaders to me ask great questions. And, and, they, and they ask great questions of their team as opposed to dictate answers. And that's something that I think, uh, to me, is the greatest mechanism. And what's, what's great about it is today in a hybrid work world, we have the ability to listen better. Because if you had, if you had, had a town hall in the past and you asked a great question and it was a Q&A and you had a banter with three people in the team, what does that get you? If you now ask a great question, you push a button and your entire company goes into small breakout rooms, opens up a Google Doc and answers that question, and you can collect thousands of data points answering that question. How powerful is that? Now, that's what's available to us today. It wasn't available in the past. You talk again about the future and you talk about your business model, about staying ahead of the game. And there are so many organizations, I feel, that we're just trying to level site to survive with the way the employees could touch you, the way you could connect with them, the way things opened and closed. How do you advocate and how do you suggest organizations stay ahead of the game, continue to work on the future when, when so many people feel like the ball moves on a continuing basis for them? But they, that's where Agile comes in. Yeah. So we have a North Star. You know, our North Star as an organization is to enable teams to transform their organizations and enable teams to transform the world. That's a North Star. Now, what is this quarter's critical objectives? And those critical objectives, I've broken, used to be on a quarterly basis. We now break those down on a monthly basis, and we work in monthly agile sprints to achieve our mission. And we break that down to what are the most, what are the six most important hills that we have to take? And, and, and then at the end of that sprint, uh, on each of those hills, we stress test, we bulletproof, we, we wrestle and we argue 
the, the status of that particular hill and initiative. And we then redefine all six hills. We redefine the direction. And so we constantly being it, we need to do what, 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 what young ambitious companies do, which is pivot. We need to be doing these micro pivots, which collectively then add up to real transformation as an organization. When you did the research for this book, and as you said, you've been researching this topic for years, something has changed really drastically in the last decade or so. But it, it's it's that whole thought between the workforce as we knew it, and then you know what's commonly described as the gig economy. Where do you do you feel like that it's going to shift more and more in that direction exactly. towards the gig economy, especially hundred percent? Yeah. So so how how does how does if our listeners are out there in the workforce? How, what do they need to do to protect themselves or, or look at things in a different way? So it's interesting. I wouldn't pose it as how do we protect ourselves? Because the gig economy is not working against you. It's not trying to take anything away from you. The gig economy is, um, is an opportunity for you. It's, you know, it, it's an opportunity to find um, variety to 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 offer your your highest level of competency, your strengths to the marketplace to be consumed, so that you can really live in the sweet spot of your strengths as a gig worker. Um, it also offers you as a, as a leader an opportunity to hire people without having to absorb an entire FTE. You can hire a piece of somebody's brilliance. And the question is, do you know how to integrate those pieces? Do you know how to put the pieces of puzzle together? And do you how you know how people think that a gig worker doesn't have the same commitment, but why is that true? I mean, if you look at a movie team, um, I happen to live in Los Angeles, you know, that team comes together for a project and they and they hit it out of the ballpark and they create esprit de corps, great directors and great Producers know how to create esprit de corps from a group of independent agents, gig workers, right? And they're, they're, not, all, they're not all working full-time for the studio. So we need to get better at building that kind of instant team. And it's what we, you know, at Ferrazzi Greenlight do, whether you're an intact team or whether you're a networked team of attacking a project, you need to learn how to become a high-performing team more quickly. And again, I believe in the hybrid world, it's it's never been as easy as it is today. We've got time for just a, a couple more questions. And this is one of my favorite questions to ask. What's what's the one thing that you you'd like our listeners to take away from your learnings, from our conversation, from, from the latest insights into your next book? Um, as you've already seen, brevity is not my greatest strength. So let me let me do what I can do in a quick basis here. Um, look, you're, the volatile world that we're living in today needs to be matched with a more inclusive group of individuals committing to take the hill together. I came up with a word during this research. I called it co-elevation, going higher together. And never before have we needed leaders that could really pull a team, and team has nothing to do with who reports to you, to pull a group of individuals together to achieve 
extraordinary things and incredible volatility, right? So the first thing is to to recognize that great leadership is is building great teams and great teamship. Second piece is there's a set of attributes of a high-performing team that has to do with agility, that invests in resilience, but most importantly, embraces inclusion, embraces the full voice of every individual and more right into the dialogue, which if you ignore the tools that we have today, the tools we have today will make work better than it was in 2019. Let's stop trying to make work as good as it was before and make it better today. Keith, appreciate it. I appreciate you coming back on the leader chat. If, if, uh, Listeners new to you or listeners who have appreciated work for years want to dig a little bit deeper into what you're doing, where would you send them? Yeah, we we developed a site that has a lot of resources that we give away to folks, and it's it's called hybridteamswin.com, hybridteamswin.com. And we will always be putting some of the most cutting-edge research. We've got a great new Harvard Business Review article coming out uh, this month. So there's a number of things that we will always put up there for our listeners. So go to hybridteamswin.com. And of course, you can follow us on LinkedIn and all the socials. Keith Ferrazzi, thank you so much for being a part of the Leader Chat Podcast. Again, you're one of our two-timers. I hope to have you back again very soon. Chad, thanks so much. And Ken, I know you're listening out there. Uh, Look forward to breaking bread again with you soon. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. Thanks, Chad, for bringing back Keith Ferrazzi for a second go-around. I've been a raving fan of his ever since his book, Never Eat Alone. And now this is probably one of the most powerful books that all of us could be reading right now about competing in a, a new world of work. It's all about radical adaptability. And this, listen to his four things and about first foresight, looking around, making sure that you are uncovering what needs to be done differently. Two, agility. Uh, you got to move and groove. Three, inclusion. You can't eat alone. Uh, you can't solve the problems of this new world all by yourself as a leader. It's no longer a top-down deal. It's everyone uh, has got to be involved. And finally, uh, the last one is resilience, which is about mental toughness and all, because this is a whole new game. And I think that that, uh, Keith has a lot of important answers here for all of us and questions for us to answer with our people. Uh, And to me, the whole essence of his is that we got to do this together. It's a crazy new world, 
end. We can't look back and try to become what we used to be. We have to move forward to where we're going. And thanks, Keith. You're the best. I just uh, think that uh, your thinking is going to help us continually uh, be able to adapt and move uh, forward. So thanks, uh, Chad. Thanks, Keith. Listen to this. Share this show with other people. They all need to hear it. Thank you.